Father, tonight we thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that we can lift up our voices to you and, and here you are, the Lord, over all of creation. You hear us and, and Lord, you answer us according to your word. And so, Lord, help us to now be at perfect peace, Lord. Um, we've been heard from on high. Um, Lord, you are a God. Your throne is a throne of grace. You're a God of grace. Lord, at the same time, you're so good, you're so faithful to lead us and direct us, to correct us, uh, to chastise and discipline us. Uh, but Lord, you're always teaching us as well. And, and so God, you do all things well. We trust you and we give you glory. God, help us tonight. Um, we wanna consider our relationships. And, and so Lord, would you help us to see and to receive your word, to live it out in our lives for your glory, but also for not just for our good, but for the good of the people that, that, that you've placed us in their life to be a blessing, Lord, that they might be blessed. And we ask for this in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I am not John Wright. John Wright has a fever today, and so he couldn't, yeah, so be praying for him. So he can't finish up Philemon, so I, uh, I just bumped up my timeline and what I was gonna do later, I'll just do tonight. And so tonight, did we all get handouts on the way in? Has everybody got a handout? Nobody has a handout? <laughs> we did get a handout, okay. And of course, digital copies are online, okay. So, um, we're gonna look at a few, it's not, a, it's not an exhaustive, it's not a comprehensive list, but we're gonna look at a few biblical relationship pro tips. Pro tips are good to have, right? Pros know how things work. They get, a pro gets far more done with far less work than what amateurs are capable of. Have you ever noticed that? Like I can, man, I can do drywall. Not bragging, just saying. But to get six square feet of drywall right might take me a month, okay? Why? I'm not a pro, I'm an amateur and I'll see problems and I have to keep working on it and I have to keep working on it. I'll make five mistakes before I get one thing right. I can do drywall, uh, but if I'm smart, I find a pro, okay? Because what will take me months will take a pro minutes because they know all the tricks, right? They know how to do what needs to be done to get the, the, the best result to maximum effect and maximum efficiency. Is everybody with me so far? Man, it's good to know pros Right, it's good, to, it's good to have access to pros for, for specialty work. And so we need to learn, right? Some things are just work, I mean, they're just, some things are just worth working out, working through, so that you get proficiency in a skill set. And relationships are one of those areas. We need to learn and become relational pros. So what I have here is, it's, it's a list. It's just a thing to get us started. It's not an exhaustive list but I've curated a few passages, just a few verses on relationships for our consideration tonight. Uh, first, let's think about a background consideration, and you just need to know this up front. The reality is, is that Christ himself can be a point of division in relationships. Uh, division is your first blank. Jesus, in, including Israel in on what his coming would mean for their social relationships, their family relationships, their close relationships. He tells them in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, he says, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. 
Now, in Matthew, what you need to understand is, is Matthew's all about the king of the Jews coming to present his kingdom. And had they received him, they would have enjoyed the reign of the Messiah over their life. Now, God from the beginning knew that that would not be the place and he, because God's the ultimate judo master, the ultimate judo practitioner. What, what, what was an occasion of rejection of, a, of the God, you know, God's chosen people of their Messiah, God used it as an opportunity to save the world. Okay, but, but here the king is offering the terms of his kingdom and he's telling him, you're gonna have to make a decision about me. He says, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It, it may not take Jesus to do that, but there it is. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. And what was true then, we see it today. I mean, how many times have we seen, I mean, how many of you have gone through this where you've given, you've surrendered your life to Christ and your family blew a head gasket over it and now all of a sudden it's like World War III in your home. And all you were was just excited about the fact that you've got Christ in your life for the first time. You, 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 quit, you, you, know, you quit the life of destruction, the path of destruction that you're on and you're all about Jesus all the time and mom and dad are freaking out about it, your brother's freaking out about it. A man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Listen to the heart of Christ. Now we're getting to the kernel of the thing. Jesus is saying, you're gonna have to pick. Do you love me most? He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now we talked a little bit about this this past Sunday. Why is Jesus setting the terms this way? Well, God loves us, he loves his people, and he wants what's best for us, and what's best for us is it's him, right? He must be first in our life. This is Exodus 20. Uh, we looked at that cross-reference on Sunday. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven alone. You're not gonna be looking to anything in creation, anything other than me. Thou shalt not make unto thee these graven images, verse four. You won't bow down to them or serve them, verse five. Why? For I am the Lord for, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. God wants what's best for us. We're what's best, or he's what's best for us. So if we're smart, we're not gonna put anything, including our close relationships, ahead of him. So when the king comes and he presents himself to his people, if you love father or mother more than me, brother, sister, neighbor, some, some other place that you're going to, or some other person that you're gonna put in the place of God, Jesus is saying that is not going to work. So get this down in your notes. Here's our first pro tip. What you wanna do is set God first in your heart daily. You can make a decision that Christ is gonna be first in your heart, but tomorrow life will happen to you and you're gonna forget your priorities. So you wanna get into the practice of, right? This is, this, you, you, there are practices that in life that you want to engage in, and one of these is every day 
you want to get on the cross, right? You want to make sure you are crucified with Christ, that the old man is crucified, that for you to live is Christ himself. Every day, make the decision that Christ is for, man, every day is a good day to rededicate your life to Christ. So Lord, help us here because your family relationships are important. And you know your best bet at convincing your family, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your friends, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents. You know, your best bet in reaching your family for Christ is seeking God first. Matthew, it's, a max, it's the Matthew 6:33 principle. You wanna have maximum impact, pro tip, right? Least effort, most results, in terms of your family relationships, your close relationships, here it is, Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't, you know, in Matthew 6, it's, you know, how are we gonna make it in this world? God says, don't worry about that. You worry about being where I have you, and I will take care of you. So in terms of our relationships, our close relationships, what do we need? We need to be right with God because that's the thing that God's gonna use in all the rest of our relationships. Well, the closer I get with God, it seems like the more my mom hates me, the more my dad gets frustrated with me. Press in, seek him first in his righteousness. Let God use that, let God use that to be the stone that he breaks your mother's heart over, that he breaks your brother's heart over. I mean, that's how a pro operates, right? To maximum effect, Put your work, put your labor into that right relationship with the Lord. Draw nigh to God, stay close to him. Put yourself in a position where you continually enjoy his hand of blessing over your life and then let that be the thing that he uses to impact your relationships. Is everybody with me so far? So a lot of times in church, here's what you see. You'll see people, I, 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 man, in church world, I grew up and I heard this so many times. Uh, they'll put up, uh, maybe on a, on a PowerPoint display or before PowerPoint, they'd draw it on a board and it'd be a bullseye. And they would talk about your priorities in terms of relationship. And it would go something along the lines of, you know, God at the center, God's the bullseye. And then that second band, well, that's others. So God's your priority in relationships. And then others, and then last, the last band is you. You worry about yourself last. God, others, and you. Or, or maybe it would look like, maybe the, the, the bullseye would look like, at the, okay, Jesus is at the center. Jesus is the bullseye. And then outside of that is, is ministry, right? Your, your ministry capacity, your ministry focus. That has to be your second priority. And then finally, you and your family. Uh, that's, that, you know, hey, you're on the board when you're focusing on these three areas, but, but, but just recognize what your priorities are. Can I just tell you, I don't buy into any of that. There is one priority and only one. The whole board, his name is Jesus, right? That's got seek you first, him and his kingdom. And so if you're wise, you're gonna take your church activity, your family activity, you're gonna take all of that and you're gonna roll that up with you in your focus on serving the Lord, seeking him first and his righteousness. So in other words, my priority has to be God, period. Well, I have activity in church. I've got activity with my family. Yeah, they need to help me. I'm going to coach, lead, and call on them to make God first in our life. Does this make sense? Because if God is the priority, if I'm seeking him first and his right, well, God's gonna, 
God's going to effectively empower me for the things that I need to do in my local church and ministry with others, and he's gonna take care of me and mine. All these things shall be added unto you. That's the pro tip. Maximum impact, because your, your priority is on the right activity. God's a jealous God. He'll have no other gods before him. Okay, so now, in the area of family. Uh, this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but let's talk about the first commandment with promise. Okay, in terms of our family relationships, Exodus 20, verse 12, since we looked at the law in verses one through six, verse 12 says, honor thy father and thy mother. That's the command. Here's the promise, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And when Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter six, he phrases it in terms of obedience. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. The commandment is honor thy father and mother. The promise is that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That it, may be, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. And so here's the pro tip. Uh, the path to God's blessing is through you blessing your parents. Hello, somebody. Here, I see this all of the time. Somebody's like, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. My mom, my dad, uh, one of my parents gave me gruff about it, and so I'm gonna love God more than them, except I, I mean, Matthew chapter 10, right? Except uh, I, I, love, uh, I love the Lord more than my father or my mother. I'm not worthy of the Lord Jesus. You know, so, so with that, instead of respectfully and steadfastly continuing and following the Lord Jesus Christ, you make sure you put your mom and dad in their place. And you, you make sure you tell them what's what, that they don't have it all figured out. In other words, what are you doing? You are finding ways to either overtly or subtly disrespect them and to put them down. You're not honoring them, you're trying to put your parents in their place. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And this is very dangerous. Why? Because God is a father, <laughs> right? God is a parent, okay? So he, he, he sticks up for parents. So pro tip, the path to God's blessing over your life is you blessing your parents' life. Do not despise them. That doesn't mean you have to obey. I mean, there, there are biblical principles that we can, we can put into play, and, it, and the Bible is very clear in terms of how they, in, how they function, how they interact with one another. It says honor your parents. It doesn't say obey insanity because your parents commanded it. Your parents command insanity. Oh, well, I guess you gotta continue in sin because your parents command, no. You can honor them without being subject to wickedness or craziness whenever they're, I mean, we've had this happen, man. People get saved and mom and dad get upset because all they wanna do is thump the Bible. They wanna get in Bible study and they're mad because they're not buying contraceptives and so on their wild oats. And it's like, what in the world, you know? That's crazy. But, but parents end up in these places. Well, what, what is that? It's what the apostles said. We must obey God rather than men. Now we can obey God over our parents and still be respectful, still honor them, still fall all over ourselves, making sure mom and dad know that we love them, that they have our heart, that, our, that man, they're absolutely in our heart, but at the end of the day, God says it, that settles it, 
you're gonna submit to him. Make sure you're a blessing to your parents. So, conversely, when we're talking about families, Ephesians 6 verse four says, dads provoke not your children to wrath, right? So don't provoke to wrath. You fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So dad, what you wanna work on, okay, here's the pro tip for dads. You wanna work on learning how to lead your children. Because if your children feel like they can never do right in your eyes, if you're always frustrated with your kids, okay? Like, I mean kids, man. What is it about some kids that kind of just kind of have to be on their own in their own place before everything you've taught them finally clicks? Uh, you can have a kid that's a perfect pig. <laughs> I mean, just a perfect pig, and they, you know, like they go on their honeymoon, and, and uh, you're trying to help them get things straightened up and get moved, and, and it's, like, it's like a garbage dump. Like the size of the Kansas City landfill found its way under their bed. Like what in the world? Like what, what kind of pig lives like this? Uh, you know, or, or it's uh, you know, somebody just all they've been doing for the last 18 years is just cramming stuff in a closet, you know, and there's old sandwiches. And you know, like who lives like this? What? But then they get their own home and it's like, I mean, good night. It's, it's cleaner than your house ever was. I mean, it's just, how does that happen? Well, sometimes it takes a while for things to click. So, so dad, every time you turn around, it's like, this is like the 50th time I've said this to you, boy. What in the world? I mean, when are you gonna ever learn this lesson? Uh, he's gonna remain nameless, but I've got a kid that cannot turn off a light. <laughs> Can't happen. Cannot turn off a light. And every time I turn around, I'm like, look, this light's on, nobody's in this room. I'm gonna make you pay the electrical, I mean, you got a job. I'm pretty sure I can consume all that money in one or two bills, okay? Like, like what in the world? Okay, so, so there's gonna be constant teaching, constant correction, constant repetition. At the same time, you wanna make sure that you're finding moments where your kid knows, hey, you did what's right. You, you wanna be looking for opportunities to capture their heart because, because if your children feel like they can never do right in your eyes, number one, they will get discouraged, and with that, they will be depressed, and some of these kids will give up, and many will make the shift to rage as they age. Did you get that? That's the, progress, that's the progression, that's how it works. If they can't, I mean, if they can't ever please you, if you can never be pleased, okay, you are potentially setting them up to snap on you. You know, old man, I can't make you happy anyway, so forget you, and, and God warned you away from that, okay? Dad, don't do that. Moms, okay, moms, gotta talk to the moms. Moms, don't pile on, pile is the blank. Now dads can pile on too, but stereotypically, here's the way that it works in a home. Dad's grousing about something, and if mom's in a bad mood, she piles on. Yeah, and you know something else, okay? And so, so next thing you know is compounding, and the kid's like, I can't win. Proverbs 27, 15 says, a continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Man, you don't want that rep. 21, 9 says, it's better to dwell in a corner of the housetop, beyond the elements than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Mom, don't pile on, okay? You wanna, you, the same principles apply. At the end of the day, what you're looking for 
consistently are opportunities to capture and keep the heart of your children. You're gonna have to say hard things. You're gonna have to give constant training and constant correction. Make sure that you're also giving constant praise. Make sure you're also constantly confirming your love to your children. Make sure they know what they mean to you, okay? If you got your kid's heart, uh, if you gotta light up their behind, that won't be the end of the world, all right? Now let's talk about us as brethren. Let's talk about our relationships in the body of Christ. Proverbs 17 verse nine says, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. And here's why I picked this one. I've been talking about this a lot over these last few weeks. If you're going to have real relationships that are really working, then you're gonna, learn how, you're gonna have to learn how to forgive, you're gonna have to learn how to forbear, you're gonna have to learn how to, to let go of frustration and hurt. You have to do that. Who are you? Uh, you're talking to somebody about learning to forgive and forbear. So <laughs> there's like people making eyes at each other right now. Like, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Okay, here's what, here's what can happen. Okay, again, this is not a comprehensive list. This is just what I've curated for us, okay? Here's what can happen. Let's say, let's say we're going through life and, and whatever it was. Okay, so sis, you're working Tuesday night meal. I'm really in a bind. I'm hurt. I got, I, I got people I got to talk to and I got to have the pre-service meeting and all of this stuff. It's like, yo, sis, if you could just have somebody get a sandwich up to the room, my big guts are getting ready to eat my little guts. That'd just be amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm the ox that's treading out the corn. Don't muzzle me, right? Don't muzzle me, sis. Okay, so like a little sandwich would just go a long way. And then what happened? She got busy. And she got busy and there was so much activity going on Tuesday night meal and, and, and next thing you know it's 7.10 and we're in the thick of it and pastor's starving. Well, I mean... I could probably lose a little weight. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's totally for I can forbear that next week. Man, hey, sis, you know, let's how, can we work this out? You know, there's gotta be a way to do this. Four weeks running. She just let me starve. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, please help me. Like, I, I I can't keep up with everything. I need help. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm so that she cried a little bit. She's a little upset, you know. It's like, I'm so sorry I let you down and no, it's all good, I, it's really, there's nothing even really to forgive, and everything's great, and the sandwich showed up, and I'm, I'm eating it during the meeting, and it's, everything's working out, and, and uh, I'm not distracted by my belly growling, and, and everything's great, except for the fact that, you know, Brandon, this Tuesday night meal team's awesome, but you know, <laughs> some of these people wouldn't remember their head if it wasn't attached to their body. What am I doing? You know, I'm forgiving, but I'm not forgetting, am I? And this is what people do all the time. You know, oh yeah, everything's good. It's forbearable, it's forgivable. Man that's, man, that's water under the bridge. Man, that's under the blood of Calvary. We can totally forgive that. Except, you know, sister so-and-so or brother, what's his face? <laughs> Don't count on them, they'll let you down. Ah, that person, you know, that person, don't let them borrow your pickup. They'll bring it back all beat up. You know? I mean, just like there's, you've always got something to, what are you doing? You're talking trash on your brother or your sister. We can't do that. He that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. 
First Peter 4, 8 says, above all things, have fervent charity among yourself, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. We forgive, but we don't forget, and we talk trash on our brothers and sisters. So here's the pro tip, do not talk trash on your brethren, and don't talk about their trash. Okay, now if it's a, it, you know, if somebody's a plague on this church, a little leaven leavens a whole lump. Man, if it, if it requires it, take it to a pastor and get it resolved, okay? But, but at the end of the day, unless someone is actually perpetrating to do damage, someone's actively working to corrupt this body, people are gonna make mistakes, let it go. Forgive and forget, because the fallout the damage can be incalculable. Proverbs 18, 19 says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Uh, if you wound someone by just, man, talking trash on them, you hurt them, you wound them, and now they're offended, you've ruptured that relationship. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Man, we ought to memorize that. That ought to be one of our memory verses. A friend loveth when? Man, if I'm your friend, I don't love you whenever it's convenient, right? I have to love you at all times. Even if Eric is giving me a hard time, I love it most times, unless Eric's giving me a hard time, or Eric's not meeting my expectations, or he's disappointing me, or whatever it is, okay. No, a friend loveth when? At all times and a brother is born for adversity. So, I don't wanna create any hard times, right? I wanna love at all times, but sometimes my brother's gonna have a hard time themselves, and I got his back. That needs to be my mentality. That ought to be, that ought to be our, right? A brother is born for adversity. You ought to look at the people that God's placed in your life, and you ought to be able to tell them, at least in your heart, maybe you're like, uh, I'm, kind of a, I'm kind of a flake. I don't know if I wanna say it outside, or out loud. Uh, you wanna get to the place where, you're, where you can say to the people that God has in your life, I got your back, bro. You face a, you face a hard time, you face trouble, uh, call me. I'll come with nunchucks, okay? I got your back, <laughs> right? A brother is born for adversity. Pro tip, keep your brother's back, protect unity. Those can be hard things in a moment, but they're very simple to do and you'll accomplish so much when the people that are in your life know that they can count on you. You're not gonna talk trash on them. You've got their back and you're protecting the unity that you have in the spirit. Proverbs 27, 10 says, thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not, neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. And the people that God puts in your life work the relationship that you have with them because that's the resource that God has given you. Don't talk trash on them. Watch their back, protect unity. We gotta love each other. John 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I love you. Here's how we love, like Christ loved his disciples, that you also love one another. By this, by this showing of a Christ-like love for one another, shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. And again, that begs the question, how did Christ love us? What is his example teaching? Well, Jesus said in John 15, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he went to the cross of Calvary and he proved it by showing it. 
Jesus loved us, laying his life down for us. Okay, so what's the pro tip? You know, physically, I mean, just don't look at him right now, the person sitting next to you. Don't make contact, don't even give him the side eye, okay? But I just want you to think about the person sitting next to you. I mean, you're maybe walking somewhere with them and, and, you're, and you're gonna, you know, a bear jumps out and it looks really hungry. <laughs> do you throw yourself at the bear and yell run? Or do you think I'm faster than this person? <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? Because that's all you gotta be. You just gotta be fast. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just gotta be faster than the person you're with. Keep them between you and the bear. So, come, come back. Come back to me. So what you have to do is you gotta start making some decisions, okay? You may not be there today, but uh, man, praise the Lord, God is at work in his people, and he is gonna grow you, and he's gonna mature you. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight that God's working all things together for you, your good to, what's he doing with those things? He's using them to conform you to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's restoring what was lost in you. That image of Christ is being formed in you and you will grow to the place where you're gonna lay down your life sacrificially for the people that God has placed you in, your, in, your, in their life for, right? So what you gotta do, here's the pro tip, make some decisions, decide that you're gonna love. And then learn to love. So you make the decision, then you start learning how to love and then you start practicing love. So how do we do that? Well, you gotta, I mean, you gotta have Christ's mind, so you gotta learn the mindset. Make the decision and then get into Philippians chapter two. Start learning to love. And notice it's a three-step progression. Three steps to loving like Christ. So Paul says in verses one and two, considering everything that you have in the person of Jesus, right? If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, considering how blessed you are in Jesus, right? How, what he has done in your life, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one, and, and of, being of one, of, of one accord of one mind. So if your life in Christ is real, if you see and know the difference that it makes, then live that out. Based on what God's doing in you, you wanna respond in kind. So number one, verse three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. If I'm gonna love others like Christ has loved me, then number one, I have to die to self and self-promotion. Man, this is probably the hardest step because what people are by nature, in terms of the old man, people are by nature manipulators. And you will, by nature, manipulate the people in your life to make sure that they're serving you, meeting your expectations. It's how we're wired in the flesh. And so you have to die to self. Beyond that, okay, it, it gets more subtle. You say, well, I, I'm, 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 not going to, I'm not gonna be trying to work you in order to get the expectations that I'm, I'm demanding from you, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna work you I'm gonna manipulate you and make sure you know how awesome I am and what a blessing it is for you to have me in your life. People do this by nature and you gotta to die to it. Die to self and self-promotion. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. 
You don't have to get your way and people don't have to think you're the man. There's, there's only one man, the man Jesus Christ. Only one man is the man. And the sooner we get that, the quicker will be a blessing. So die to self and self-promotion, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse four, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So there's only one man, the man, what a blessing he's been in my life. Man, how can I follow in his footsteps? So number one, die to self and self-promotion. Number two, decide you exist to be a blessing. Decide that's why you've got skin and you're breathing God's air because he's got you here to be a blessing in the lives of people. You gotta decide that. You're not gonna feel like that, right? In terms of the old man, you're gonna be feeling like, how can this person bless me? Um, man, I, I mean, okay, I just said don't talk trash. I know that, okay? But for the sake of illustration, yeah, Eric, no, Eric feels me, okay. I don't wanna talk trash, but for the sake of illustration, let's just say I'm always rubbing my wife's back. Let's just say that, that I'm always rubbing my wife, oh, never mind, I'm always rubbing Seth's back, okay, <laughs> for the sake of promotion. <laughs> and I'm always rubbing his back. Dad, I got a knot in my back, so I'm rubbing his back, okay? And then I'm like, okay, now, bro, you remember I broke my back a few years ago, I gotta, I mean, I gotta, a killer knot in my back, could you? And he's like, what's to eat? <laughs> okay, now I, I, again, let's just, this is, a, this is like a what if scenario, because I, I don't wanna talk trash on anyone. <laughs> People do this all the time, you know, I'll rub your feet if you'll rub mine. And then you're trying to figure out how to work it so that you get five more, you know, right, five more minutes of a foot rub out of the person that you were sucking up to. Man, come on, do I exist to be a blessing to others? Now this, man, this is a pro tip, okay? What if you never got any favors returned ever? What if you went through life and your whole life was poured out a complete and total blessing in the lives of others and nobody gave you your due, nobody gave you any reciprocation, nothing came back in kind, what if that happened? Number three, decide you will enter into the fellowship of Christ's suffering by your sacrificial service to his people. Decide, decide. Here it is, verse five, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, that's amazing, because if you decide, right, I'm gonna die to self and self-promotion, I'm gonna decide to be a blessing, even if no one in this world is a blessing back to me, Praise the Lord. Now I know a little bit about what Christ went through at the cross of Calvary. What a joy it is to enter into the fellowship of his suffering. Man, I'm so grateful uh, for Chris Miller. I'm always telling him, bro, you gotta learn how to say no. Uh, and I'm not saying this, do not take advantage of Chris Miller, okay? Do not do that. 
man, that guy has the gift of helps. He is a servant. He is a mighty man of God. You ask him, hey, Chris, would it be possible? Oh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Like, that's all, that's like 50% of his vocabulary. Sure, 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 sure. I was like, dude, say no, okay? Or say, sure, I'll put, I'll put Romeo to work on that. Sure, I'll make Larry Smith do it. Sure, I'll get, I'll get a hold of James Fife or, you know. Man, what a servant to God's people. Now, note the result. There's a, there's a net effect of the pro. So what does Jesus do? He, he does all of this, okay? He dies to self. He decides to be a blessing. He gives his life literally a sacrifice. Verses nine through 11. Uh, Let me give this to you as homework. You ought to take verses nine through 11 and line them up with verses two and four. This is the Matthew 6, 33 pro effect, right? Notice the net results, the net effect of the pro. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Uh, So pro tip, invest in your brethren. Do it for the Lord's sake. Do it for their sake. Do it for God's glory over their life. And so this this affects how you roll, and you've got all the verses there uh, that I curated for this point. We ought to edify one another comfort ourselves together and edify one another, Philip, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. We need to make increase. We wanna make sure that we're building each other up in the faith, Ephesians 4. Verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. We need to watch what we say. We wanna be, what we say is it building up the faith of the people that, that God's placed in my life. Why would I talk in a way that's gonna trip up my brother or sister? No, I need to buy into communication that deepens commitment. So Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, we should be speaking in a way that's provoking one another to love and good works. Proverbs 27, 17, I need to sharpen the countenance of my friend. That takes consideration, it takes deliberation, so I need to think before I speak, James 1, 19, right? Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It means not wasting mental space, time, right? Mental Mental space, mental time, means not wasting our relationship on comms, on communication that the Bible has clearly corrected. Hebrews 13, nine says, be, carried, be not carried about with diverse, various, and strange doctrines. Anything that's stupid, unbiblical on its face, don't waste your time with it. For it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have, profited, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Um, we're out of time. I knew we'd be out of time. We wouldn't cover this last section on marriage. I'm giving that to you as homework, okay? Uh, Pro tip, learn to be one flesh. One flesh is not just about a consistent sex life. It's about a life of self-care, and I mean that in the Ephesians 5 concept where two are one. Uh, You want to live your life in such a way that you're taking care of who you are as one flesh, as a married couple. And so I'm giving that to you as homework. We'll tackle marriage um, 
next time. Hopefully next time we'll finish up Philemon, but uh, there it is. Okay, so everything that we've covered tonight, what is the thing that the Holy Spirit tapped you on the heart and said, uh, I wanna make sure I get you in the fields on this one because you need to pay attention right here. Whatever that was, whatever the Holy Spirit pointed out to you tonight, just grab a prayer partner or you can just pray yourself. But let's have a short season of prayer and let's pray for our relationships. And then after Chris, after a short season of prayer, get us lined out for all church retreat. 